The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. Many are called, but few are chosen. It doesn't appear to be that way in our modern church. It appears that everyone is called and everyone is chosen. But Jesus said, Many are called and only a few are chosen. Do you have a great burning desire to be one of those chosen. If so, you need to understand what that means to be chosen by Jesus, to be included in the final remnant of history, to be welcomed into the courts of heaven, for not everyone will be. In fact, broad is the road that leads to destruction and narrow the path that leads to heaven. So again, the question. Are you willing to take the scriptures for what they actually say? 
not with the nuanced meaning of the modern church, not with the not with the twisting and the shoving and the pushing of of the modern church. Are you willing to accept the straight up word of the scriptures, even though it doesn't match your experience? Are you willing with me today to put your experience aside, to put what you think you know aside, and just listen to the word of God? Hear what it says to you. I'll begin reading for you today in the book of Luke. These are Jesus' words. He's speaking this in chapter 9, Luke, the ninth chapter. I'll begin with verse 23. Now he was saying to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. That is, in the Greek, to deny myself once and for all and forever. A total denial of self. And must take up, once and for all, take up his cross. And he must follow me. For whoever may wish to save his life will lose it. But whoever may lose his life for my sake, this one will save it. For what does it benefit a man after having gained the whole world, but having lost or forfeited himself? For whoever may be ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of this one, when he may come in his glory and of the Father and of the holy angels. Very clear command. A command to deny ourselves once and for all. And once and for all to take up our cross and not to ever lay it down again. To be crucified with Christ. Now we're going to talk about what does it mean to be crucified with Christ. But first, I have one more passage from Luke, the 14th chapter. Luke 14, I'll begin reading. Verse 24. For I say to you that none of those men, having been invited, will taste my dinner. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Now large multitudes were going along with him, and having turned, he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not have single-minded loyalty to me over his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yea, even his own life, he is not able to be my disciple. For whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me is not able to be my disciple. 
Now who from among you desires to build a tower, does not first, after having sat down, count the cost, if he has the things for completion? Lest having laid the foundation and not being able to finish, all the ones observing might begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build. He wasn't able to finish. Or what king, going to engage in war with another king, does not first, having sat down, consider if he is able with 10,000 to meet the one coming with 20,000? But if not, having as, as yet far away, having sent an emissary, he asks for terms of peace. So then each one of you, who does not say farewell to all of his possessions, is not able to be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt may become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It's neither fit for the land nor for the rubbish heap. They throw it out. The ones having ears to hear, he must hear. That's Luke 14. What is Jesus saying? Do you remember the story of Adam and Eve as they come to this foreign tree in the garden called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And then beside it is the tree of life. And they've been warned by God not to, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But that serpent comes, that dragon comes into the garden, invading their place. Adam does not throw him out as he should have. Instead, Eve listens to his cunning, cunning argument. In fact... God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Now I'm going to say some things to you that I pray you can hear. We're at a very crucial inflection point in America. No longer do we live in an America that is ordered and calm and each person is able to pursue their own goals and accomplish their own will. Instead, we have been invaded by thugs, by leftists, by wicked men and women who have in mind to utterly change America. Murdering, looting, burning, rioting. These wicked men and women claim to have some cause that justifies 
their wicked behavior. Then we have COVID-19. A false fear created in the hearts of men and women across this nation. Forcing us all to wear masks over our face, hiding us, even though the scientific evidence is that there's no value in the mask. Life is not going to go back to normal. We are entering a very severe time of trial and testing. We are entering a time when the judgments of God are going to be allowed on this nation and the Western world and the whole world because of wickedness. Now, this raises a very serious question. Shall we continue on trying to feast on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and accomplish our desires and our goals to accomplish our careers, our families, our vacations, our lifestyle? I believe it's time to totally reevaluate everything and to make new choices and decisions about how we're going to spend our time, our money, and our energy. Adam and Eve made a decision that they would eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You heard both good and evil. That they would be able to determine what was right and wrong. So today, the most common word in the Christian church is confess your sin and and receive the grace of forgiveness over and over and over and over. There are some churches that in the midst of their liturgy, every Sunday, they say the same thing. We have sinned against you, O Lord. And then a priest stands with the communion and he absolves the congregation of their sin. I've watched this heresy play out time after time in different churches. There is an attitude and a belief that we all sin every day, that we are sinners saved by grace, but we're still yet and always will be sinners. That's simply not what the scriptures teach. The scriptures teach that we are to be taking up our cross and following Jesus. And where was Jesus headed when he said, take up the cross and follow me? He was going to Golgotha. He was going to be crucified. And we too must be crucified with Christ. I'll read you the passage of scripture. It's over here in Galatians. 
Galatians, the third chapter, I'm sorry, the second chapter. Verse 20. I have been, past tense, crucified with Christ, and I still am. On the other hand, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, so that the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, the one having loved me and having handed himself over in my behalf. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness is by law, then Christ died in vain. He's saying, I have been crucified. Can you honestly say with me today, I have been crucified with Christ? I want to confess to you today and I'm going to do so boldly that I have been crucified with Christ and that I'm no longer walking in wickedness before God because I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, what does that mean in very practical terms? What does it mean to be crucified with Christ? What does it mean to be baptized into his death? Well, let me put it in very simple terms. It means to me that I am no longer in charge of my life, that I have utterly given my life into the control of Jesus Christ that I no longer make the decisions about what I will do where I will go or what I will say instead I spend a great amount of time in the prayer closet reading the scriptures praying and submitting to Jesus and when I leave the prayer closet, I have a very clear idea about where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do because I am directed by the Holy Spirit, not by my spirit. Now, there are those who believe that the Holy Spirit does not speak today. I have great pity for them for they are then left to their principles. They are anti-supernatural. They don't believe that Jesus speaks today. They don't believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to them. And so they are left with their principles to live by. As one man said, it doesn't matter who you marry. Marry whomever you desire to marry. God will be with you. That's a lie. It's a sick lie. Go to whatever school you want to go to. God does not speak to us to tell us what he'd like us to do or where he'd like us to go. That person does not accept 
the plain words of Scripture regarding how God would have us live today. Many are called, but few are chosen. They are not chosen. And then many just say, live the best life you can live and go for the gusto. Pursue your dreams. Here are the strategies for success. Here are the principles you need to follow. And if you will follow these principles, you will be prosperous. You will be successful. Learn how to handle money. Learn how to make good decisions. Learn how to have good judgment. Come to our seminars and our workshops and our sermons and we'll teach you all of this. Again, it's humanism wrapped up in a so-called gospel of Jesus. We are called to be crucified with Christ, to no longer live our lives. Now, you immediately see the difficulty. What do I do if God's not talking to me? What do I do if I don't know what to do? Well, I've learned a very simple principle. And that is to keep doing what I'm doing until the Holy Spirit tells me what he wants me to do. That's why I'm doing this radio broadcast. For some time, I have done this radio broadcast without any clear divine word regarding what I should be doing with it. And so I've been crying out to God, and I've been saying, Lord, would you answer me? What do you want me to do with this radio broadcast? And as I have cried out to him, and I have waited upon him, he gave me a dream that was absolutely clear. I'll not share that dream with you today, but it was absolutely clear. And what I'm sharing with you today, I am sharing at the direct command of Jesus. I don't simply go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. what sermon shall I do today and go back in some catalog of sermons and pull it up and say, okay, this will work for today. I've never done that. I go to the Lord. I wait on the Lord until I believe I have his heart and his word. And then I begin to walk through it with you. Now, in the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, what shall we say then? Continue in sin so that grace may become more and more? Absolutely not. Certainly no. We who died to sin, how shall we live in it any longer? Or are you ignorant? That's not an insult. Are you just unaware? Has no one ever taught you that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Really, we were buried together with him by means of the baptism into the death that just as Christ was raised out from among the dead men by the glory of the Father, we also may walk around in newness of life. In other words, 
we have to enter into the death of Jesus. Well, what is that death of Jesus? It is the death to all of my plans. It is a a command of death to all of my desires. It is death to the lust of my flesh, to sin. A dead man doesn't make any complaints. Now, if you want to run your own life and you want to make the best decisions you can make regarding your family and your life, have at it. Just don't call yourself a Christian. That's not Christian behavior. That's pagan behavior. How does that differ from the pagan who says, I want to take care of my family. I need to make as much money as I can. Here's a job opportunity that's offering me more money. I'm going to make that change. A Christian man doesn't do that. A Christian man instead seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he trusts God to bring him into the job God desires him to walk in, even if it pays less. It doesn't matter what it pays. It matters only that I'm clear that I am denying myself And I'm doing exactly what the Holy Spirit has whispered in my heart as I have spent time searching the scriptures, praying, submitting myself totally unto the Lord so that he comes and gives me very plain instruction regarding what I'm to do. Now, I tell you, Sometimes it becomes very difficult. Sometimes it seems utterly impossible. I want to be up and about. I want to accomplish things. I'm a go, go, go person. But I've had to be crucified with Christ so that I'm no longer a go, go, go person. I'm a wait, wait, wait person on Jesus. And when he gives me the instruction on what to do, then I go do what he's told me to do. Now, this morning as I was in the prayer closet, I knew what I was to speak to you today. But nevertheless, I was searching the scriptures and I was praying and I was asking the Lord to just clarify for me the order of scriptures and and what he wanted me to say and how he wanted me to say it. In the midst of that, he gives me instructions regarding a brother that he wants me to go see this afternoon to encourage and lift up. Well, my schedule was full this afternoon. I'm having to lay that aside. I will go do exactly what the Holy Spirit told me to do. I will find that brother and I will encourage him in the way the Lord has told me to encourage him. 
I've laid my program, I've laid my agenda down. And I recognize that at any moment, Jesus can change my direction. He's in charge of my life. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. So I no longer have an expectation that I will wake up in the morning and I will go about my agenda with my desires. That my goal of success is a goal of the flesh and not a goal of the Holy Spirit. And so that has had to go to the cross and be crucified. The desire to be successful was one of the most driving forces for many years in my life. That's no longer true. Because... I was crucified with Christ. You see, if... Well, let me read it for you. This is Romans 6, verse 3. Are you ignorant that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Really, we were buried together with him by the means of the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised out from the dead men by the glory of the Father, so also we may walk around in the newness of life. And that word newness in the Greek means a life that you've never lived before. A life you've never lived before. So, let me read another passage of Scripture for you. It's found over here in Galatians. Indeed, this is Galatians 3, 26. Indeed, You're all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus, for as many as were baptized into Christ did put on Christ. Did put on Christ. Now, if you look at verse 16 of of chapter 5, now I say you must walk in the Spirit And you absolutely cannot fulfill the lust of the flesh, i.e. fallen nature. Now the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Indeed, these things oppose each other so that you may not do these things that you may desire. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifestations which are adultery and fornication, uncleanness, indecency, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, strife, dissensions, false teachings, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, 
and these things similar to these, which things I told you before, even as I said before, that the ones practicing such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. In fact, the ones who are of Christ crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. So you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Don't be deceived. God will not be mocked by you. A man may sow, and he will reap what he sows. Because the one sowing to his flesh, out from his flesh, will reap destruction. But the one sowing to the Spirit, out from the Spirit, will reap eternal life. Now, let us not lose heart doing the good thing. For in one's own time, never losing courage, we shall reap. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? Indeed, this is chapter 6 of Galatians, verse 14. As for me, to glory should never be except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which to me the world has been crucified and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation in Christ that never existed before. Now, here's the issue. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're continuing to walk in sin. If you're in rebellion against Jesus, you are not a Christian. A Christian is, by definition, a Christ follower. And where do you follow Christ? You follow him to the cross, to to death, to crucifixion. Are you willing to let your life die? Are you willing to let your goals and your ambitions die? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and take charge of you. If you continue to walk in wickedness and sin, you cannot be saved. In chapter 6, verse 2 of Romans, we who died to sin, how shall we still live in it? Now, what I'm describing is utterly strange and off-kilter with the modern American church. Over and over, I'm told, nobody's perfect. Everybody sins every day. We just have to do the best we can do because, after all, we're only human. If you believe that, 
if you live that way, then you are lost and you cannot go to heaven. That's why I named this broadcast, Many Are Called, But Few Are Chosen. The chosen are the ones who no longer walk after sin. Instead, they walk after the Spirit. Now, I want to read you a very specific passage of Scripture. I have so many Scriptures today to share with you. But let's just read this. And please, don't don't just angrily turn off what I'm trying to say to you. I have a, a very specific point, and here we are at that point. 1 John, the third chapter, verse 3, Everyone having this hope, that is the hope of seeing Jesus, of being chosen, purifies himself just as that one is pure. Everyone doing the sin also continues doing the lawlessness. In fact, sin is lawlessness. And you know that the one was manifest so that he may take away our sin. Indeed, there is no sin in him. Everyone who continues remaining in him does not keep on sinning. Everyone sinning has not seen him, neither has he known him. Little children, you must not let anybody deceive you. The one continually doing the righteousness is righteous, just as that one is righteous. The one continually doing the sin is out of the devil, because the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, so that he may destroy the works of the devil. Everyone having been born out of God does not continue to sin, because his seed continues to remain in him, and he is not able to keep on sinning, because he has been born out of God. Now, we either now accept this word of God to our hearts or we deny it and we believe the convoluted gospel of the American church and we believe that we sin every day. We believe that we're always going to be sinners and that everybody is a sinner. That's not what the scriptures teach. The scriptures teach Everyone who continues, everyone sinning has not seen him, neither has he known him. Don't let anybody deceive you. The one continually doing the sin is out of the devil. Okay, there are only two sources of power. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where I go and take for myself my job. I go and take for myself my wife. 
I go and take for myself the new car that I want. I go and take whatever I think I need. Oh, I need a job? Okay, great. I'm going to begin passing my resume out everywhere. I'm going to begin doing all the necessary work in order to find that job. I'm going to take the job. I'm going to have to make this amount of money. And then I'm safe again. I have my life covered. I can pay my bills. I can cover the car. I can cover the house. And so many of you, your whole life is based on sin. You survive by sin. You survive by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As one man said, the tree of good and bad. You try to choose the good always. But it's still the knowledge of the good and evil. It's the tree of the devil. It's demonic. And many of you today, as you listen to this broadcast, are going to be very troubled when I say, your life is given to the demonic powers of darkness because you go where you want to go. You take whatever entertainment you want to take. I have spoken very kindly to men and said, look, if you want to follow Jesus, turn off the television set. Stop watching the NFL. Stop watching the NASCAR. Turn away from the entertainment of this world and they laugh at me. I have been preaching where I've said that and I've seen men turn and smile knowingly at one another and snicker. Am I troubled by that? Oh, I'm not troubled for me or what I've said because what I've said has been truth. I'm troubled for them because they're showing that they are living out of a demonic lifestyle even as they're very religious and come to church week after week and confess, I am a sinner. But now the priest will absolve me of my sin so I'm good to go for another week. And so they come week after week to take the Eucharist in the belief that they have the grace of Jesus to repent, that they're good to go, and now they can go live their life again and have that wonderful social ability to hang with the world and hang with Jesus. If that's how you're living, you're living out of the demonic realm. And you are lost. You cannot be saved. You must be able to boldly confess, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I live by the power of the Son of God. Is that your confession today? Or are you continuing to walk in sin? Now, let me be very plain with you. If you are continuing to walk in sin, it's not because you've not tried to overcome that sin. We are great people to try to live a self-help life. But sin cannot be overcome by human flesh. Sin is overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And the only way the blood of Jesus Christ will come and begin to cover me is if I choose to die, to be crucified, and enter into his death in Christ Jesus. That's what the scriptures teach. Now, if we look at Romans 6, in the minute or so we have left, I want to read this for you, please. Or are you ignorant? Are you just uneducated about this? Or have you chosen to remain with your eyes closed? As many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Really, we were buried together with him by the means of the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised out from among dead men by the glory of the Father, so also we may walk around in the newness of life. For if we have become united in the similarity of his death, then we shall also be united in the similarity of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we not hereafter serve sin, for the one having died has been freed from sin. Now, you need to understand that this term, destroyed, the stripping off, Look, nowhere in the New Testament does it talk about suppressing the old man. It talks about being made into a new creature. Wesley talked about this as the second work of grace where we are entirely sanctified. Doesn't mean we can't be tempted, but it means we finally have the old man totally out of our heart and mind and we are given utterly and completely and totally to Jesus Christ. Now, have you been crucified with Christ? Have you died to self and now live utterly totally and completely without sin in Jesus Christ empowered by the blood of Jesus Christ now I recognize that this message makes some people very very angry I was kicked out of an Anglican church for preaching what I've just said to you it was the Sunday before Easter. We rented from the Anglican church. They, the bishop threw us out. In fact, we were forbid, forbidden to even come on the property. We were forbidden to use their prayer room, which is supposedly open to Christians, simply because I held the bold assurance that I am crucified with Christ and that I no longer walk in sin before him. 
That's what the plain words of Scripture teach. Now, I can make allowance for sin and say, you know, all we can do is do our best. If a man says, all I can do is do my best, that man has never been crucified with Christ. He is still lost. He is not saved. I don't care whether you're a preacher, a teacher, an elder, a minister. If you claim that you cannot help yourself, that you still sin every day, then you are out of line with the plain, straight words of Scripture. And you are not saved. And many are called, but few are chosen. In this most difficult time, as America enters this final run for the coming of Jesus, and I believe we are in the end time, we must get right with Jesus. We must confess every sin. We must repent and turn aside from it, and we must be crucified with Christ so that we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. Can you say that's true of your life? If not, I plead with you, my brother, my sister. Come and be crucified with Christ. Lay down your life. Lay down your plans. Lay down your ambitions. Lay down your sin. Both the good and the bad. Lay it all down. And be given over to Jesus Christ. He is gracious, he is loving, he is merciful, he is long-suffering, and his kindness to you is meant to call you to repent and to be crucified with him. And what a joyous life it is to walk clean in Jesus, to obey his commands, to walk with him day by day, ministering as he tells me to minister, boldly proclaiming, I am crucified with Christ Jesus. I want to hear you make that confession. May I pray with you? Lord, I am asking for every man and every woman listening to this broadcast that they would make the decision to be crucified with you, that they would come before you and confess every known sin, that they would turn aside from them and they would say, Jesus, please come in now and take charge of my life. I am choosing to be crucified with you. I no longer live. Now you live in me. And I'm going to wait upon you for your commands. I will obey every word you speak to me out of the scriptures. I will follow the clear directions of scriptures regarding how I'm to live. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. You can write to me by writing to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22. 
1-800-273-8195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage. All of our broadcasts on YouTube are posted there as well as just the audio and if you go to the upper right hand corner of the menu you'll see it says donate if you click on that you can help us stay on the air do you believe that this message of righteousness this message of God's mercy this message of his incredible love calling us to be crucified with Christ that we can live in him and dwell in him and he in us If you believe this message is of utmost necessity in our culture today, then I ask, would you click and give online to help us stay on for another month? This is a faith ministry. I have no means of covering it, but you can help. Would you go there now and do it? If the Holy Spirit has been prompting you, please take action. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. We're going to go further in the sixth chapter of Romans tomorrow. I pray God's richest blessing for you today. I pray you will have the courage to be crucified with Christ today, that you will choose to die to what you want and your way and be born again in Jesus. I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. I'll talk to you soon.